You're listening to the Beyond the Profi podcast, where we help you out of career burnout so that you can reclaim your personal freedom while pursuing your passion. I'm your host, Jasmine Haley, entrepreneur, influencer, and educator that will help empower you with our interviews, strategies, and straight talks. If you're ready to push past your comfort zone to your greatness, you have found the right podcast. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, this is Jasmine, your host of the Beyond the Profi podcast. We're here on site in Charlotte, North Carolina. We have the wonderful privilege of being trained by Dentsply Serona, and I've got some rock star dental professionals here tonight. We're going to be just chit-chatting. We're going to try our best to behave ourselves, but I love, I I can already tell you I'm going to love this conversation tonight because we've got some brilliant minds in here and uh, we're going to let them introduce themselves. So I'm going to start first with my left, and then we're going to go to my right. Hi, I don't know about the brilliant minds thing. I, I don't know if Jasmine has some mice in her pocket, but she might. I don't know. This is Emily Bogey, and uh, I'm from Iowa. I, I have been on the podcast before, and I guess I I didn't screw up too bad, so I was invited back. So um, what are we supposed to say about ourselves? Who am I? Uh, I'm, a de- I'm a dental hygienist from um, Eastern Iowa, and I um, in, I uh, innovated two different dental scalers, the Centennial Scaler for Hugh Freedy and more recently the Bogey 513 from American Eagle. And I do some speaking and some writing um, for you. might have seen my work on um, Colgate's website for consumers. Um, and I also run the dental hygiene program and dental assisting program at Hawkeye College in Waterloo, Iowa. My name is Christine Berry, and Emily Bogey has amazing toes. I'm just going to tell you because she has an amazing pedicure that I'm looking at right now um, in in Jasmine's hotel room. So this is really cool. So um, Christine Berry, a.k.a. Hodston. So some of you may know me from Hodston back in the day. And I am a dental entrepreneur, practice management consultant, um, work with practices and hygienists to empower them just to be the best that they can be. And um, I am a little bit of money-centric, so some people don't like the word selling or money, but that's, that's a reality, and it's just it's a cool thing. So I really hope to embrace hygienists and doctors to realize that we can have a high standard of care and high integrity in our delivery of services but also have an amazing bottom line and take care of ourselves in the future as well and currently. And it's just a privilege of me being here with this great group of ladies and, and gentlemen and learning from Dent Supply Serona. Currently, I live in Matthews, so this is like 15 miles from my home. So no air travel, which is perfect. And it's just an honor. And Jasmine and I have collaborated this year on a few projects. And one of them is a business essential course for hygienists who want to step outside the operatory and or just have a hybrid um, inside of dentistry or outside of dentistry, and we're really here to embrace hygienists and help support them or anyone in the dental profession who may not feel they have a business acumen but want to step into that world. And um, so we're, we're here for them. So thank you. Thank you. My name is Amber Auger, also known as hashtag AskAmberRDH. I am a practicing dental hygienist. I have the great privilege of serving um, on RDH Magazine's editorial board, and I'm the editor of the graduate newsletter. 
um, and just some really great speaking events that I have coming up and consulting and just a privilege to be here um, with you, Jasmine. Yay, thank you. So, you know, um, my focus is really on those burnt-out dental professionals who um, haven't really taken the time to take care of themselves, haven't really taken the time to really pursue their goals. So I want to know from you all why you've decided to stay in this profession because there's so many people that are trying to exit out. And I would love to know from each of you what has kept you here. Well, you know, I... Emily, I do a lot with social media. You guys know I'm kind of a Facebook, LinkedIn, um, not so much the Instagram, but I'm, I'm a little bit of an addict on the forums. Um, but I guess one of the messages I've been really trying to project over the last five years is if you're not happy in dentistry, I really think it's your, it's partially your own fault. I mean, I, I hate to be that raw with the statement, but... There's so much exciting, and there's there's so much that's changing, and there's so many places you can go and things that you can do. All you have to do is, is have the passion to do it. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people feel like they're locked up, and a lot of that we project on ourselves. I mean, I was very fortunate to work in a practice where I was supported um, for a lot of years, by my doctor and and he basically told me there's there's nothing you can't do and he had that same attitude with everybody who worked for him in my opinion and and some people didn't take advantage of it and some people did but I really think in our industry I feel really bad when people feel feel trapped or feel stuck or feel like they can't change because there's so much opportunity for it and it's so exciting to me and maybe part of the reason people feel that way is is maybe their passion isn't dentistry and they just haven't found their passion yet I don't know but I I get kind of let down when I see those things on social media about people I'm stuck there's nowhere to go I hate dental hygiene maybe you don't hate dental hygiene maybe you just hate where you are and you need to feel how to get unstuck and so right now I'm at the college and um I, I'm really excited because I get to see people every day that have been waiting on a waiting list to get into dental hygiene school or dental assisting school, and they're just so happy to be there, and they're trying so hard. And I think dental hygiene school is the hardest thing I ever did. And so when I see someone get through that, I wonder, like, where did their light bulb get busted? Like, where, where did somebody break their light bulb to the point, like, they can't even replace it? And that's really sad to me, and I hate to, like, get that deep this early in the podcast, but I look at that and I think, I see these students who want it so bad, and some of them don't have the aptitude, or they don't have the clinical skill. And if you made it through dental hygiene school, and you have that aptitude, and you have that clinical skill, there has to be some place in this profession for you. There has to be. So, um, there's a Zig Ziglar... Uh, quote that says it's not your aptitude or your altitude it's your attitude mm -hmm. and and that's immediately what I thought about because mindset is such a huge a huge thing such a huge thing so I've got to ask either one of you well all of you can answer this not just one person what's your morning routine like <laughs> Because I think that's a huge 
telltale sign on whether or not, you know, anyone is able to continue on in that profession. I don't mind going deep either because that's my jam. So I'll take this one. So I started dental hygiene school um, in my mind in the sixth grade. And I was in science class. We started talking about teeth. And my original goal was to go to school for dentistry. And being a product of a single mom, we didn't have the resources for it. I didn't have any co-signers. So I started with dental hygiene thinking it was going to be a stepping stone. And I absolutely fell in dental hygiene, but in love with dental hygiene. But what most people don't know is my senior year of high school, I had my first cortisone shot in my scalar hand. And I was to the point where I would have to lay with my hand kind of dangling over over my bed and have my wrist in an ice bucket because that's how much pain I was in. So when I walked onto that clinic floor the first day, my hygiene instructors were like, why are you here if you have pain? And I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. Now, 10 years later, I don't have pain anymore. And I've been able to, you know, really invest in healthy eating and massage therapy and chiropractic medicine and supplements to help reduce that inflammation. And, of course, I did cut out waitressing, which was a huge part of my life all through high school. And for me, I practice without pain, and I love going to work. And I do um, every Monday and Tuesday. Usually it's two 12-hour days back-to-back And I don't feel burnt out because I'm able to do so many other things outside of the operatory. And my morning routine every single morning starts with 10 to 15 minutes of gratitude, even when I'm running late. It's a moment for me to say, you know, put into perspective, hey, I passed the boards. I have this amazing job. And I think a lot of times we get stuck in a routine of focusing on what we don't like instead of focusing on what we like. And, you know, the clinical studies show that if you're focusing on more of the negative thing, that's what's going to grow more, right? It's going to be more amplified. So that's what I do for my morning. Um, And I get up early every morning and spend at least, um, I try to do at least 45 minutes to an hour in self-development. So whether that's reading a book or listening to a podcast, and sometimes that may even look like, kind of um, multitasking and doing both at the same time, not reading and and podcasting, but, you know, more of like commuting (laughs) and podcasting or at the gym and podcasting, um, but just using things that are going to fill my soul up with what I need to take on the day. Very awesome. Okay, this is Christine. Um, Reason why I stay in hygiene, because I really believe we save lives. We save, we save lives every single day from a health-wise perspective as well as internally and externally. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, just, it just fills me up. And the reason why I stay in hygiene because I have amazing opportunities to hang out with people like you. Um, one of the toughest things in my life, and, and Emily, you had mentioned that, and I just thought that I had um, passed my um, – I had failed my written boards, and I had thought that that was, like, the most devastating thing ever. Um, the first time around, but actually my divorce from my first husband, father of my kids, that was the most most traumatic thing that I ever had to go through. Mm -hmm. And what my morning routine is, it starts off with coffee, coffee, (laughs) and coffee. Um, (laughs) I love my coffee. I'm just letting you know. Um, and, and I do try to move into a practice of gratitude, like Amber said, um, and it's, it's not always easy. 
because um, I definitely know I can be more of an Eeyore, and like in the Pooh Bear, I can definitely mm-hmm. get more of the negativity mm-hmm. aspect. So it really takes borderline even like on a depressive aspect of it, and I, I realize that about myself in my 50s. So I really have to cultivate that positivity, and I'm I love to exercise. I I really need to. Either physical activity or um, the yoga, or Pilates, or whatever, because I get bored so easy. So I, I just need to do something, and that really helps the the whole endorphins aspect of it. As I, as I move into my day, and we ch- we chatted earlier about we're all early morning people. We, we I mean we utilize that sunlight. I mean we are up and at them because I know that as soon as like the sun sets. Not that I'm a farmer, because God bless. Emily, I could not do what you do, um, but I'm, I'm an early bird. I mean, I, I need to go to bed early at night because I am early in the morning. I'm an early riser. So those aspects to get me going, and the same thing. If I have a commute, if I'm flying, if I'm working with a client that's going to be long distance, the podcast, the audio books, anything that's going to fill me up, and it's mostly from referrals. I listen to something and say, oh, this is a good book, or this is a good that, and I'm like, okay, I'll start watching that or listening to that. So, yeah. So, uh, Emily, again, I I don't exercise. You guys know this. (laughs) I walk. You know, I do. But that's about it. I don't like to sweat. Um, I I said glisten at dinner. Glisten. I I don't like to be shiny. I glisten. Um, You know, part of what motivates me, part of what gets me up in the morning is is the people in this room. I see my friends doing amazing things. And people say to me, oh, you know, you just you just went to Germany. I, I had the fortune of going to IDS to work with Loser Dental. Um, I had the fortune of going to Ireland to hang out with some friends. Um, you know, it's crazy. Um, the things that I've run into in dentistry and people say, how did you get these opportunities? And I honestly say, I have no idea. Like, I put myself out there and, and some days it works and some days it doesn't. But you wake up the next day and the alarm goes off at 5 o'clock, and you get in the shower, and you, you drive to college. And for me, the college is an hour and 15 minutes away, but it's a price you pay for living in paradise, right? You live on your crop farm in eastern Iowa, and the college is an hour and a half away. And, you know, people say, what do you do during your commute? Well, I'm fortunate enough to be able to have a cell phone that has um, voice activation, and I write my articles while I'm in the car, or I listen to audiobooks when I'm in the car. Or sometimes I'm in the car, and I have carpool karaoke all the way to work and it's fun and that's my big thing like getting up in the morning getting to school having fun and I work with amazing faculty the faculty at my college are fantastic and I'm really lucky to work in a program that we're you know innovative thinkers and we're not stuck in the same thing that we've been teaching for dental hygiene and dental assisting for the last 30 years we we have some people that have worked at the college that long, but they're progressive thinkers, and they inspire us younger folks to um, learn from the past, and we inspire them to embrace what's current. And I'm so lucky to work with fantastic people. And that's one thing, like I talked earlier about the people who are stuck in their job. My mom and dad used to always say that you are the people you hang out with. So I am who I am because of the people in this room, because of Jasmine Haley, because she gets on and she speaks her mind and she puts herself out there. And and Amber and Christine and Dr. Rand that I met today, maybe we don't do things like everybody else in this world, 
but that's okay because people don't need two Emily Bogies. They don't need two Jasmine Haley's. And that's what I really tell the students all the time too is, man, you got to do you and you got to get up and, and be you every day because there's something that you have to give to your patients. I can't tell you what that is, but there's something you got to give them. You know, it's um, interesting that you, you said that. I, I love the fact that you mentioned the fact that we have our own path and in life really in general and that's something definitely to celebrate we have we all one of the my favorite motivational speakers his name is les brown he's always reminding us that we each have our own greatness within ourselves and it's just a matter of us finding our place or our purpose in that so what would you say give me two two ways in which someone can find their purpose or to find where they're meant to to be. For me, I felt like I needed to almost be silent to hear it. Because there's a lot of things that we do that we tend to self-sabotage ourselves. So what would you say are two, two ways, one or two ways that have kind of helped you realize this is the path that you should be on. This is a way in which you can live a fulfilling life. Because remember, if your life is a hot mess, so is your professional life going to be? <laughs> so, like, what are some tips that you would say that have helped you in finding that? Because you're in academia. Emily's in academia. She's done the realm of kind of like corporate um, invention and stuff like that. Um, we have consulting, coaching with Amber, speaking, speaking with Emily as well, speaking, practice management, education we have so many different realms that you've you've uh, all experienced finding your way finding your purpose love it so um two ways that i invite people to consider to find their way out of the if they're not certain of what their path should be. Number one is really taking a hard look at your life journey thus far because I really believe it's a, almost like a, a Ph.D. in learning. So what your trials and tribulations that you have been through, there's signs, that they're, they're signs on your road of where perhaps you could help others in that journey. Not that they have to follow exactly what you did, but you can help guide them and that's what coaching is. I mean, coaching is not telling, it's not directing, it's not consulting. It's meeting the person where they are, and if they're open to it, then taking their hand, and I can help you get there. So really look at the flag posts, the, the challenges, the celebrations, the jubilations of your life, and then when you kind of map that out, then think back in silence. What have people called you, texted you, emailed you, talked to you about, and ask you to help them with, you know, the, from, the, from the smallest things. Just, just look back over the past 10 years or 15 years. And if someone said, hey, can you help me with this? Or, hey, you know, I know you're really good at this. Or, hey, can you just, you know, even don't discount anything from recommending a hairstylist to makeup to, you know, uh, a CE course to anything, but just really honor what people have asked you for and just kind of lay those over each other because that's a map to what you're really meant to, because people see that within you before we see that within ourselves. So your journeys, good, bad, ugly, 
just kind of lay them out and then just look back and all the texts and the emails, what have people asked you because they see something in you that you can help them with and lay that out as well. And there's going to be some type of correlations. There's going to be a dotted line. There could be a solid line. There could be, oh, my gosh, five people have asked me for X over the past 10 years. That's going to be a clue. Or, you know, 15 people have asked me, you know, th whatever that would be. And that can help you if you're in um, the soup of not sure where you should be. That potentially could help you, you know, clear that for you. So I had a couple different um different aha moments in my profession um, since I got out of school. One was realizing that I, if I wanted to do anything really outside of clinical, I, I needed to get that advanced degree. And I was fortunate to have an opportunity with Colgate to serve on um, their oral health advisory board and have some years with them where I realized that and I realized I, I needed to get my bachelor's and then once I got my bachelor's I realized that the hardest, th hardest thing in the world is dental hygiene school so then I went on and got my master's and now I'm working on my doctorate and you know what it's it's not that bad it's it's really not and that leads me to the second thing of you can do anything that you want to do if you're willing to put in the work to do it and you're willing to step outside of your comfort zone and, you know, I'm not one of those, like, super, like, touchy-feely, sentimental kind of, you know. But I will say one thing I do, I do follow a lot is if, how do I want to say this? If you're not willing to be uncomfortable, then you're never going to grow. Like, if you're not willing to put yourself in situations where you're not 100% sure, and if you fall, then you fall. Or if, if it sucks and you don't do it again. I thought that way with speaking. I thought I could never be a speaker because I, I stutter sometimes or I talk slow sometimes. But people understand that when they come to hear me speak that I'm real. And that's, they're getting, that's my brand. Like, I'm real. And if you don't like that, then I'm sorry, but I don't know how to be anything but me. And the last thing is mentoring. Um, like I said, I'm not, like, super one of those, like, lovey. I mean, I'm, I'm lovey, don't get me wrong. But, um, like, the whole mentoring thing, I always thought that was like, oh, it's kind of hokey. Like, I got to find a mentor, somebody to grow up to be like. And then I started um, working outside clinical, and I saw people who were doing things I wanted to do. And that's all mentoring is, is finding somebody who is doing something you want to do and who's willing to guide you or tell you, you know, this is what the work it's going to take to get there. Or this is maybe how I did it, and maybe that's not how you have to do it, but you know, a mentor isn't like, you don't have to try to be them or become them. They're just there to inspire you or help you find that extra thing that you're going to need to get what you want. And I've been fortunate to have some great mentors in the profession. And I've been trying to be a mentor to people. So it, mentoring is kind of one of those weird abstract things in my brain. Like, I don't know if I know how to be a mentor, but sometimes you're a mentor and you don't even know it. Like you're doing stuff and you're out there putting yourself out there and people are like, apparently think that's cool or something. I don't know. Christine, you probably are a lot smarter when it comes to mentoring than I am in explaining things. Or Amber. I think you hit it right on right, the nail and right on the head. Um, and for me, I was somebody who struggled through hygiene school. It wasn't, it didn't come easy to me. Um, you know, I was always that nervous person who 
felt like they were scraping by because I was comparing myself with everyone who was an A-plus student, and I was more of a C-plus student uh, just simply because I had issues with testing. And um, long story short, after graduating hygiene school, the thought of going back to any sort of school was unheard of. But then I quickly realized that with my carpal tunnel issues and just with my personality, I knew that I wasn't going to be fulfilled doing hygiene only. And I had a great mentor who was also the boss of my pediatric practice who came up to me and said, hey, look, I don't think you're going to be happy doing hygiene forever. And I know you want to go to school for dentistry, and that's what you feel like your path is. But I see you light up when you talk about public health. So oftentimes I find that the people we're surrounding ourselves with are going to help us to be kind of our compasses and show us exactly what we're passionate about when we don't see it ourselves. And that's why I went down the road of public health um, because, you know, I'd come back from mission trips and really love it. Um, And had I not had that person who was my compass, I would have never done it. I would have never gotten out of that comfort zone. But now I have a career that I never would have dreamt of and love, and it's so fulfilling. And it, you know, really gets me excited to wake up every week and to sacrifice time with being home and having, you know, extra time with relationships and being able to go to the gym every single day at the same hour. And, you know, now I'm on a plane all the time and it's worth it because I get to fly to different areas, learn different things, meet new people and create a more of an influencing um, career where I get to go and empower others. So that's it. It's my tidbit. <laughs> May I, Jasmine? Yes. May I? This is Christine again. So I really want to have make make the distinction, and this is you guys, Emily, you got and Amber, you got you got me all excited. So clarifying the distinction between mentor and sponsor, right? Yeah. Oh. So from a from a female perspective, yes. and I love my girlfriends, and I can sit around, drink, smoke, well, not smoke anymore. <laughs> I used to. Okay, I used to when I was in hygiene school. Really, I know, right? So, anyways, but I was a, I was a smoker in hygiene school. All right, I admit that. So that was Christine Servetus at the time. I have wow. I have multiple personas. But the point is, let's let's bring it back around. The point is the difference between uh, mentor and sponsor. And mentors, yes, you can idolize someone. You can walk in someone else's path because absolutely, if someone else has done something that you want to do, why reinvent the wheel? Send them an email. Give them a call. Can I take you out for coffee? What were your missteps, right? That is, that's just totally makes sense because I'm not going to have to redo something as if someone already achieved that. But from a female perspective, where we really have to challenge each other, and I'm going to challenge our, my generation in my 50s and the 40 generation, the 30 generations, sponsors. If you see an opportunity, and, and this is where the boundary has to be, you have to be so confident in yourself to say no to things that you know it's not a fit for you. But you know what? I know someone else who can take this on, and this is their wheelhouse, and they're going to be awesome for you. Mm-hmm. And I'll speak for myself. It's been so long, um, for a long time, I had a scarcity mentality. I felt like I had to say yes, yes, yes to anything because I didn't think it, the money was going to come in, the speaking gigs weren't going to come in, the lecturing or the consulting or whatever. And so I would take things on that I really had no business to take on because it, it wasn't my area of expertise. But I, I perceived I wanted the income. But now if you really want to be a sponsor to someone is that, yes, you want to be that person to show them the way, but say no and honor your no and then refer them to someone who can do it a heck of a lot 
heck of a lot better. Woohoo! I didn't swear. <laughs> I, I was I was given a line, ladies and gentlemen. You know, because um, but to pass off that opportunity. That's all I'm saying. I oh, yes, you better preach, Christine. Because I have read so many things um, that have really helped us appreciate that you're going to have way more sponsors than mentors. And it's easier. Like, Emily is a sponsor of me. And and you you did to me a couple years ago for ADHA. That's sponsoring. Yes. Anytime you recommend recommend someone, we all have helped each other in some way, shape, or form. And it's a powerful thing when you're like that. And I think... You're so real and transparent for mentioning scarcity mindset yes. because I have even felt that scared to death that I won't have that opportunity or that chance to finally be able to do X, Y, and Z if I don't do it at this very second. Right. And what happens is you wind up start compromising your values, your integrity, you know, and integrity doesn't mean that we're not talking about lying. We're talking about integrity like spending quality time with people that matter because you're too bogged down. So you're there's spending like 50 hours creating a course that is not your wheelhouse. That's not your area of expertise. Yes. When someone else could turn around and do it and serve the, you know, the audience at a higher level in like 90 minutes because they already have that research and that knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We, we like to keep them as short as possible with our episodes so I've got, a, I've got um, two more questions for you. What was the last book you read? And now you have to give me the best career or personal advice you've ever received. So last book. The last book I read was Girl, Stop Apologizing okay. by Rachel Hollis. <laughs> yes, we just talked Rachel, about if you're listening, please call me. <laughs> and I'm such a fangirl. I've never been more of a fangirl. And the best career advice that I ever received was... Chase your passion and not the money. And when you follow your passion, the money will follow. And it can take time to find that passion, but it's totally worth it. And that starts with investing in yourselves, taking time to do the networking, getting out there, and being available for other people. Clearing your schedule, not being packed, you know, back-to-back, half-hour schedule, back-to-back, but make time for those connections to happen. Um. The last book I read that wasn't a textbook for my my doctorate was uh, We Need to Talk. And it it was a book about having conversations that matter. And it's by um, Celeste Headley. And Celeste Headley is actually a radio announcer who has interviewed people. And um, I was was online reading another article. And it it was talking about something that I I struggle with, and that's listening. So my New Year's resolution was to become a better listener. And um, that's what this book is about. And it's about how to have a conversation and try to hear more than you speak, which, again, uh, you know, shocker, Bogey struggles with this. But um, not only that, but about how to hear someone's message and internalize it to a point where you can – you know, have that nugget and, and store it and be able to share it later on when, when you need to recall that nugget of, of why you maybe mes- necessarily encountered that person on your path. Um, best career advice I ever received. Wow, that's – that is that, – why do you always ask the toughest questions? I know. <laughs> like, really? Best career advice I ever received. Yeah, and you know, 
I've, I've received, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of really, really good hygiene support in my career. Um, but just the simple be true to yourself. Um, I had a falling out with a hygienist many years ago, and somebody told me, not everybody's going to like you, and that's okay. They don't have to like you. Um, but you have to be you, and at the end of the day, you have to be the one who who has to sleep with yourself and and how you dealt with the day and eventually you know that person and I made up and it it was just over a disagreement a a really silly disagreement that neither of us really internalized but um just realizing that you gotta you gotta be yourself and and that's what the world needs all right so the last book I read um actually read it and it's on my audio um I'm listening to audio again because I have to read things like twice. Um, the Cabalion, mm. Three Initiatives. It's about mystic teachings. Interesting. Back, back in Egypt and yeah. So, um, universal laws, universal law, basically, uh, universal laws. And um, the best career advice. You cannot become yourself by yourself. So you need to reach out to people, um, and yeah, right. You you need guidance. You need guidance. You need a GPS. You need a GPS. No shit. Shoot. You need a GPS, baby. I can't. I have a hard time not. I have a hard time not cursing. The point is. And this is what I have been guilty of is that I can go very internal and very um, – I can close down a lot for a lot of different reasons. But when I – like your flower in the spring, your bud, you, have to, you just have to reach out to people, just that one person, that one text, because, yeah, there's – you just – we just need each other. We just really need each other. So I'm finding that out more and more. I've always been – I've been someone that's felt – have have had a wall up instead of a boundary but a wall which has kept some really amazing people from coming in so i definitely feel that um changing that has really brought so much wonderful joy in my life so anyway this was a really great episode and it's interesting emily said oh we went deep well that's what i like to do (laughs) i love to go deep um and get a little woo woo so this was a really awesome episode. Please let the listeners know how to find you, where to contact you. Um, probably the easiest way to find me is on Facebook, just Emily Bogey, B-O-G-E. Um, I also have a website, thinkbigdental.com. Um, but if you Google Emily Bogey and you go to thinkbigdental.com, my cell phone number is there, my email address is there. You can creep on me as much as you want. I'm an open book. So come and visit me in Iowa. Um, best way, it's Christine, Christine with a K, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, last name Barry, B-E-R-R-Y, cell phone 603-765-6633. Give me a text, give me a call. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm here to help you. Going hot with the cell phone. I love it. It's great. It's great. Send all the great gifs to Christine throughout the day. 
So best ways to find me is through email, amberaugerrdh at gmail.com. Those handles are the same, amberaugerrdh with Instagram, Facebook, and amberaugerrdh at dot com. No at, just dot com. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the show. We value each and every one of you. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on beyondtheprofi.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend and leave us a review. We will see you next time, BTP family.